0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, hey love, what's the story? Ah, there you are now.
1: What's the crack? Tell me this and tell me no more.
0: Oh, stop waiting, I tell you. I have a bone to pick with you.
1: I'm doing a line with her. Relax the cocks. Come off my lady. It's ballsy.
0: Hi, everybody. What is the crack? How are you getting on? And thank you for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, to the Tis Yourself podcast with me, Nicola Barden. Now, last week, if you listened, at the start of the episode, I was super excited because I got a shout out from Dumois on their Twitter um, about my episode with Damien McGinty from Glee. And Damien had, because of that, we got like a surge in listens and got up to 9,000, which was amazing. And got a surge in listens and Damien Jumped up from 17th place to 7th. Well, Damien is now in 6th place. At my last checking, that could be different today because this is Friday when I'm saying this, it could be different today when you're listening to this. But last Saturday, my episode with Jerry Reedy from uh, Hell Week, who is a former Army veteran who was in the Defence Forces for 21 years, uh, was in the Army Ranger unit, that was released. And holy mother ever did that fly! It is now, at last check Again, this could be different when you're listening In third place It has beaten Like it went straight up Like I mean, day one I was looking at it And it was like very early in the morning on last Saturday it was 50, 70, 100, 100 every time I looked at it it was shooting up and that has been the same every single day since so Jair's episode has beaten the likes of Montana Brown Um, it has beaten Simon Harris who was in 3rd place it beaten Mac Cardle, who was in 4th place Um, it's beaten Mr Motivator or Jay Mitty from Breaking Bad Adele Lynch who was uh, eternally in 5th place for quite a long time she's now uh, dropped down um, who else have we got? Peter McFerry, the Fair City Stars. I mean, this is just gone mad. Jerry O'Connell, the American actor. Jerry Reedy is now beating all of them. And that is just amazing. And it's obviously suppose it helps that he was so honest in his episode talking all about his life in the Defence Forces and, of course, in Hell Week. Um, all the lovely people who shared it, especially the different Defence Forces staff, as in... Soldiers and admin and friends of Jerry's because the listens I got were from places like Libya, South Sudan, um, India. We got some uh, all around the world and I'd say a lot of those are Irish or ex-Irish soldiers, current Irish soldiers, whatever it was. Well, whoever you are, thank you so much. You have made me like, I feel like I might cry here, but I won't. Um, It has really brightened my week. I was having a really tough week and every single morning I would check the stats and I would just go, holy God, where has this been now? We're getting surges in Italy. We're getting surges here, there and now, like Africa. We're getting, you know, um, Poland. There was like a load in Poland the other day and I was like, what? What is this? And, you know, when you see places like South Sudan, you're thinking you're never going to get a listen there because they have so much going on there. And then you think, oh my God, is this an Irish soldier over there listening? So if you were and you're now listening to this episode, thank you so much for everything you're doing anyway with your peacekeeping efforts, but also thank you so much for press and play and then for coming back and press and play again here today. You're sound. You are super sound and it's literally made my week that last week I put up nine thousand listens and we are just on the cusp of ten thousand in less in, in in a week basically. And by today I could have reached that. So you know you have made a small podcaster who does everything on her own Um on the days that I feel like just giving up I just this week has just perked me right back up and kicked me up the ass and <laughs> helped me so thank you thank you very much and um, if you stuck around and listened to a second episode not just yours, or if you're listening today thank you if you're here for my guest today also thank you so my guest today If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I have a bit of a fascination with women's football. I had Anya O'Gorman, who plays for Ireland and for Piedmont United in Dublin. I had her on last season uh, after the international women's team won 11-0. Unreal. Uh, I've been following the men's football for years. And I mean, following literally, I've been around the world to see them. Different places like Vienna. Um, I've been to Cardiff and loads of different spots to see them. I've went to France for the Euros. Um, But I have definitely my love for women's football has definitely grown and it's growing and growing and growing and I'm trying to commit to going to see more games and you know showing up and putting bums on seats because that's obviously very important so my guest today is the lovely Chloe Singleton she plays for Galway's Women Football Club and she is just 21 and she's hoping hoping on hoping that she will break on to the Irish national team and play alongside the likes of Katie McCabe etc and I am so hopeful for her because she's really passionate about the game. She really wants to do well, but also she has a head on her shoulders. She's in college. She's studying just in case this dream doesn't work out or the dream comes, you know, to an end earlier than she anticipated. So it was lovely to speak to her. And if you were a friend or a fan of Chloe's, I do hope you share this with other fans because I really think um, it's important to get the message out there that Chloe is saying about driving support getting people out to see your local club whether it's it's a big team like you know like Galway or if it's or Piedmont or Shelburne etc or if it's small local local club just supporting women it's amazing if the tickets are much cheaper let me tell you than going to see the men's team and it doesn't have to be young girls in the seats young lads when I went to see the women's team there was young lads young women there was older men older women it's fantastic and it's a great crack and there's a chance you'll get to see them and meet them afterwards so it's a great day out and it's much cheaper. So please enjoy my chat with Chloe and if you like what you hear do rate, review, share etc. All the usual cracks that you hear. But anyway, here it is. So Chloe, how are you? good, How are you? Good, good, yeah. So come here, uh, this podcast we like to kind of find out how um, somebody got to where they are and like, you know, I suppose especially I have a fascination with women's football because for years I would have followed the men's team um, internationally, gone to a lot of games abroad and everything like that. And now it's the men's team are kind of taking a big step back and the women's team are definitely in the forefront at the moment. Yeah. And- it's a great day. It's great to see something like that. And Definitely, yeah. People knowing female footballers' names and stuff like that, whereas maybe the only mm-hmm. new Stephanie Roach a few years ago, you know that yeah. kind of way. So, like, tell me about how you kind of got into the sport when you were younger. How did that all happen?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of random. Like, I think my granddad played football. He actually played for Ireland, like, back in the day. It was obviously very uh, long ago, and he was kind of a real big sportsman. Um, I think that's kind of where my influence came from like there's nowhere else no one else really in the family Um, like I've brothers but they're they're not very sporty like I have two brothers in England they're not very sporty and then the one brother I have here he's sporty but like not to the extent that I would be and mm. um, but my mom just kind of told me that ever since I was I was a baby I suppose I was always kicking in her belly then as soon <laughs> as I got out I was uh, just always had a ball at my feet like it's just it's it's a weird one I it definitely probably stemmed from my granddad I've no early memories of watching him or anything like that. It's just kind of, I think I was just born into it, really born into a love of kicking a ball, really.
0: That's great. That's because, you yeah. know, often you hear um, people that like they've, their brothers were into it and that's how they got into it. But you were the one that kind of in the family that was into it and the rest of them are like, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My brother, obviously he played a little bit of football when he was younger he played at club level and that. Nothing too major. He's, um, he's in the army now himself. So he's just, he's happy out with that lifestyle. And uh, yeah, so we kind of, two different paths. He, he he loves watching it and he loves obviously talking to me about it and giving me critique at my games. But um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a player now. And he loves that I that I play, so it's it's great. Yeah.
0: Did you was it always football or did you like go into other sports as well, region GA or anything like that as well?
1: Uh, weirdly enough, I've actually always played football. I've never played GA and like where I'm from at Lone, So I'm actually Ross Common side. So I think it would be big into Gaelic. Weirdly enough, I was a kind of the odd one out that never played. Um, I was strictly football. Um, all my friends, they all play GAA, they all play Gaelic. And then me there, the odd one out, I'm the footballer, which which is a bit strange because I'm from Roscommon, which is definitely a strange one. But I'm not really a G- we're not a GAA family at all. Mm. Um, my family wouldn't be into anything else, really. It's, it's It's a bit weird, like I'm the only one that kind of the sporty one out of, of my little family.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just like sticking out from your friend group, sticking out from your friend yeah. group. You're very <laughs> yeah. much obviously an individual from the start instead of like following the yeah. friend. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of, yeah, it's weird, but um, it works.
0: So how was uh, getting into football as a young girl? Because, you know, now we see there's a lot more female t- teams and it's not a case of... You know, two girls have to play with the boys team if they want to play and stuff like that. But how was it for you, like growing up, trying to get involved in football?
1: Yeah, like I know a lot of girls played with boys teams um, and stuff, but I actually never did. Obviously, there's been opportunities there for me to play with boys teams. Um, but I kind of always shied away from it. I never wanted to do it. Obviously, a lot of players do it because that's the, their only route. But for me, I actually had a club. We had a club called Bela Muglia Ladies Football Team. So that was only a two minute drive up the road for me. So I was actually really lucky that I joined from them when I was, I think I was about seven, I'm going to say, six, seven, eight, when I joined with them. Um, we are just in a little community hall, like kicking a ball around. Not re- we were all kind of following the ball around, you know yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, it was all very tame back then. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of lucky enough. I didn't have to join any boys team and go through all that trouble. But there was still obviously not a lot of female teams around. Um, we had a small league, it was the Midlands League, it was very small and um, it was the same teams every year and then one might drop out, like it was kind of a collapsing uh, league but I did get lucky in that sense where I never had to play for a boys team, which is nice. I kind of grew up playing with girls. You hear the likes of, I don't know if you know Heather Payne, she's from Ballinasloe um, she had to play with boys teams for years. Um, I don't know if she had any local teams around her because where she lives kind of the middle of nowhere i describe it. So I suppose I was lucky I played with Baila Mulya until I was about, I'm going to say 17, 16, 17. And then I moved up to Pmount for about a year, year and a half. And then I ended up at Galway and um, I haven't left since. So, yeah, I, I suppose I got lucky. Like it is hard for a lot of uh, female footballers. But I was kind of lucky with, with the path that I chose. You obviously
0: have made it this, you made it a career and everything like that. But when you were growing up and, you know, as you say, kicking it around just the local j a or a like town hall or whatever, what were you kind of, Were you hoping to be a footballer, but were you realistic and saying, well, I'll probably have to do something else? Or what were you thinking?
1: Definitely. When I was younger, I was always wearing a Man United jersey. I was like my mother. It was a torture to get me into a skirt. I remember my communion day. As soon as I got home, I was jumping around the bouncy castle and she was screaming at me to get out with the dress because I was going to ruin the dress. But no, I was kind of I was a real tomboy. Like I was always in a jersey, always in tracksuit bottoms, always walking around with a ball. But no, when I was younger, yeah, I'd just be kicking around, kicking around the ball at the estate. I'd say I racked my neighbor's heads uh, (laughs) kicking the ball against the wall every day. But no, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. It's it's a weird one. Like it's, oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. I always said, that's what I want to do. I want to play football. I remember even my friends always saying like they always want to be teachers or something like that. Whereas I was like, no, this is what I want to do any time in school we'd have something like that I'd always be, oh, be drawing pictures of me running around with a ball playing for Ireland and Man United back in the day that's what, what I wanted to do but no yeah I definitely did That's that was my dream when I was younger yeah definitely I think that's kind of every little girl's dream now that plays football that's that's where they want to go and then obviously as you get older it becomes a bit more realistic because there's it's not as clear then when you get older um, obviously in the last two two three years even more there's been more pathways I, the, the likes of a few of the girls from our league I've gone abroad, have gone overseas, I've gone to the English leagues, I've gone to the WSL or the Championship or even the Scottish leagues and um, they've gone to Glasgow, which is, it's great to see that there's these pathways and a lot of the girls are getting agents now and that there's definitely more links nowadays, but I think that's only recent, in recent times that they're kind of scoping from our leagues, they're kind of taking from the Women's National League, which is, which is great to see. It's a pity for the clubs in Ireland because they're losing such good quality and it's hard for the league here in Ireland to kind of progress into a semi-professional league when we're losing all of our good players. There's a ripple effect to it, but it's really good to see that there is some sort of a pathway for the the female athlete that want to kind of pursue something. Yeah,
0: because I spoke to Anya Gorman last year and she was saying to me that the reason she kind of like stays around Ireland, plays in Piedmont, and her whole goal is to develop it here in Ireland. And she's like, you know, there have been opportunities where she could have gone abroad and stuff. She's like, but and I'm basically kind of saying if I'm another person that goes abroad, that's another less person that's going to put the energy into developing the league to be bigger and better. And if you're going to go, you know, professional or semi-professional, you need people committed to it here.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like it is, it's tough because obviously we want to progress this league here in Ireland um, and you need the players, you need the quality, you need the coaches, you need all of this to make it happen. And you obviously need funding as well. And to be fair, you're not going to fund something That's not going to work. That's not that the quality isn't there. Mm. So, yeah, it definitely is difficult for the people that want to progress this league. Like it definitely is something that will take a while, I think. But I do think in the last few years, it's come on leaps and bounds. Like the first year I joined the Women's National League, the standard wasn't great. It was definitely a step up from what I was playing. But I think now, if you look back over the last four or five years, the standard has definitely leaped and the amount of players that have gone, but the standard is still is still pretty high, which is very good. I think that's it comes from the the kind of youth teams that are coming through the the d- development clubs, like the under seventeens and the under nineteens that come through. Like I think our our club, we have an under nineteens and an under seventeens development clubs, which helps bring them into the us into the senior squad, which is which is better for the development for the league as a whole because. It's bringing girls in through the ranks, um, which is good. I think most clubs have that. Uh, Most clubs have like under-19s or under-17s development clubs, which is very good. But yeah, it it definitely is difficult. Like there's players that have the chance to go, but then obviously there's the side to to it where they want to stay in Ireland. They want to develop um, what's happening here. And hopefully... Hopefully it won't take too long, but hopefully it gets to a stage where it's even semi-professional. Because at the moment we're deemed as amateur, which is bizarre. Because it's the we're in the top league in in Ireland for for women, which is which is mad to think that that's we're an amateur stage and it's it's the own it's the top one that we have. So hopefully in the next hopefully in the next soon years that um it'll be seen. I'd like to see it become professional, but I don't see that happening too soon. But definitely semi-professional would be would be definitely a huge improvement.
0: It would also give people, the young girls who are dreaming of playing, it give them the push to, to continue with it because I suppose you do, and you'll know yourself, you see a dropout rate of girls in sport from like, you know, they're mad about it as kids and then you get to 11, 12 and suddenly you're a teenager and you're in secondary school and, you know, and so all your body conscious images or whatever it is, you know, whatever the reasons that stop it, you know, if it's if it's seen as a career goal, then suddenly it'll be a lot more feasible to stay in it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, especially myself, like when it comes, when you get to like around 14, 15, 16 in school, you see a lot of, a lot of your friends drop out of the sport they love. They drop out. They just, they just don't want to, con- like they want to continue, but they don't see a point. They, they kind of, the social aspect comes into it then as well. You're getting more of a social life. You're, you might start going out. You might might start mingling more. There's that aspect as well, but definitely if there's something to strive for, um, I think we'd see definitely more females staying in the game because you've something there to aim for which is hugely important like I have a little cousin now she plays with our under 17s team she was actually up training with the scene with our senior team for Galway last night and she's a bag of nerves going up like she god bless her like but she deserves to be up there and like mm. it's things like that which are huge like she wants to be there obviously it's nerve wrecking and it's it's daunting at the start but it's she wants it and it's it's nice that to actually have the opportunity to to do it, like she's at the she's at the age of 15 now, and she I don't see her dropping out anytime soon. She'll definitely pursue it. I think she's one that she'll definitely pursue some some sort of a career out of it, which is lovely to see younger players like that with such ambition and drive, which is so important. And if we get to a stage where there is something to drive to, then we'll see huge increase in um, players staying within what what sport they love.
0: It must be really kind of annoying to you though that it is at an amateur level. Like do you have to do a job as well as you know Yeah,
1: so it's it's a pretty hectic lifestyle. So I'm in I'm in college, I'm a full time student, so it's hard to kind of find a job that accommodates the college life and the training life. So I remember for the year just gone, I worked for the Christmas and then I actually couldn't find the time. Like it's it is, it's bizarre because obviously you're a student, the funds aren't there like it's just it is it's a hard balance but to find a job that accommodates college and training like obviously a lot of when you're in college a lot of jobs would be evening work but sure I can't work evenings because I'm training so like then weekend work where we have matches so it's just there's no time to squeeze in a part-time job which is which is very annoying but now for the summer yeah I'd I'd be working full-time now for the summer and for the girls that have to commute to train and like there's a lot of girls that commute from Limerick and places like that where you know, they're working full time and they might have to leave early three nights a week because they have to commute up to Galway or wherever they're commuting to, which is, it's obviously not ideal. And obviously at an amateur level, I think a lot, it's, it's finding a job as well that will accommodate that, that will let you go and will understand, which is, it's very annoying. Yeah. Because it's, it's not something I feel like we should be doing. It's something that it, it should be a given where we should be allowed to not maybe work full time because, we're playing something we love, like the amount of time and effort girls all across Ireland in this league give up just to play just because they love it is bizarre. And it's, it's obviously costly as well, like diesel and everything like the commute up and down to training. But yeah, no, it's very annoying that there's, that it's still amateur and it's, there's no kind of semi-professional aspect to it at the moment. I suppose it takes,
0: it takes, as you say, the brilliant players, it takes the big wins and stuff. And that's kind of what we've seen with the national team because for years, no one really talked about the Women's International Games. And then the wins started coming and therefore the sponsors started coming. And then suddenly you're seeing there's a massive push, like you see with you know, Sky and all these other people that are getting involved with the women's team. And you go, right, if, we can, if we're getting these wins, how do we grab the attention so that the, you know, everything else comes on board and then this, the semi-professional status comes afterwards? Yeah.
1: yeah, like it's difficult because you obviously have to be winning first to get that attention. But to be winning first, you kind of need attention to kind of... Like, it's hard, especially I know the girls play in Tala. They're starting to get crowds now, which is brilliant. Like, and the young girls that come up, it's it's really nice. Like, to, I think that's a huge thing is when you have a crowd because it obviously helps throughout the game. Like, when you hear a crowd behind you, like, it's definitely helpful. Whereas uh, two, three years ago when there wasn't really, when it was just families going to games, it's hard to be motivated throughout the game um, because there's only, like, a handful of people in the stands and it's a big empty stand. Um, but no, it's definitely difficult when there's not much of a support. But I do think it's definitely growing. But definitely getting like the, the likes of Sky coming on board for the women is huge. Like You see signs everywhere now with, uh, with the girls on it. And it's, it's definitely huge to see. And there's definitely a lot more about with it. And especially for us, for this year, with SSE coming on board for us, it's huge because they've been in the men's for the last, I think it's 12 years. Mm-hmm. They've been sponsoring the men's leagues. So to have them on board with the women now and have it all equal is really, really important because it just showcases the women's game more and then it, it links it with the men, which is, I think it's really important that it's kind of all on a level and basis because that's when you're going to get showcased. That's when you're going to get noticed when you're on the same page as the men's, because I think there is still a huge gap between the SSE Trustee Men's League and the Women's National League, which is disappointing to see. but there's definitely growth there with the likes of SSE coming on board and with the likes of Sky coming on board for the women's national team. You do need those kind of sponsors and th- those sponsors and those campaigns to help with the growth, but it's just getting there is, is the hard part. Is, is, it's, you need to be winning. You, need, you obviously need to be doing well. Like It's hard to get a sponsor when you're not doing well, but at the moment the women's team have been doing really, really good. and like It's phenomenal the, the amount of work they're doing and fair play to Vera as well for coming in and, Obviously, getting the team to where they are, and the girls are—they're obviously brilliant as well. That the uh, results they're getting, which is which is always nice to see. But uh, definitely, it's it's tough getting the the sponsoring on board yeah and like
0: people maybe who don't really understand it don't get why having a sponsor is such a big deal, but, as you said, it's the billboards, it's the discussion with the right alongside the men's, you know, like if there's an us let's, let's say s s e talking about the electricity, they're also talking about the women, you know it's putting panels up where they're doing things, and they're saying here's such and such from the men's and here's such such from the women's and these yeah. things get players noticed it gets a young girl kind of going, oh my god so I can play and, you know, and it sparks things. It's like that that campaign that was the 2020 campaign. If you can't see it, you know, how can you know it's there basically, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it does definitely help. It's very good to have these, these kind of things on board because they're obviously very popular. Like SSE, obviously, I think a lot of people know SSE or Tristy, they do be broadcasting a lot, which is, it's really important. Like the likes of, I just think it's very important because like that, like, as you said, like a little girl might notice it and then it'll kind of be in the back of her head. And then she'll kind of it'll keep keep at her. And then I think it's just the small things like the sponsors are hugely important. I don't think they even realise their own importance, um, not even from a broadcasting point of view, but for funding because the funding in the women's sport isn't obviously great um, in Ireland. So from that perspective as well, to, just to pump some money into the into the sport, just it's it's kind of a ripple effect. It's just to get everything going at the once. But yeah, no, definitely they're very hugely important.
0: You must get some so annoyed those I is sometimes at just like the coverage and everything that the men's get because I know if it was me I'd be like
1: we won yeah. seven the other night yeah, or whatever is, you know it is very frustrating it's extremely frustrating um, like a lot of the games for the men will be streamed on RTE especially the the senior games um, the women's now they to be fair they are getting more coverage it, the last few years it's come on, it's come on so so much which is huge especially in our League last year. TG Cather came on board for us uh for a few of our games. I think it was towards the, the end of last season. I think two of our, our games uh were streamed on RTE, which is or on TG Catter, which is huge. And then RTE came on board for a few broadcasts and things for a few of the games last year as well. I think more so P and Shelburne games. Um and they were at the game last week, which is it's mad to see you like that. I don't think in five years ago you'd ever think that this is where it would be at. Um, but it's still it's still very frustrating that you see you just you have to really go rooting for a women's game on the telly. Like when you're looking for the channels, it's it's always on the weird channels. So if for a men's game, it just comes up straight away, which is very frustrating. But it's definitely improving, which is which is always nice to see. Definitely there is an improvement.
0: Yeah. And of course, like the people who are from like just for your own team, people who are from Galway, you know, if you sport Galway, GA team, um. Maybe you're not that into football, but it's like it is your local team. Like, you know, I'm from Loud. So like we have to talk and draw this, So like, you know, these are things that like maybe you're not going every week or whatever, but maybe go once and bring the kids or bring, you know, whatever. The tickets aren't that expensive and no. it's an evening out. And like it really will ma- matter to you guys, bums and seats, seeing a new face come through the door. you yeah. like, it's not my mom. Oh,
1: great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Like even for our games, when we get the little, we get little mascots that play locally. And it's huge for us because for them, like they're only what seven or eight, they, they're just shouting names that they see on the program. They don't know who we are, but they're shouting our names. And it's nice for us as well because it's it's so nice to see that they they they're there watching us and they're all excited and they're full of energy. And it's it's nice to have that in the environment. But definitely, to get to get children down to games, it gets their eyes opened as well. Definitely, like young girls might have no interest whatsoever, be dragged to a game and then their eyes are open completely, which is huge. And then it's it's on both sides. It's good for the supporters, for for the players to have the supporters. And then obviously for the young girls coming through, they might they, they might be from a completely unsporting family and then they get dragged to a game maybe with their friends and then they see this and then it's something that they fall in love with.
0: And it's also like the accessibility of players as well, because when I went to the last game, uh, was it Sweden? That, uh, the women won 11-0, the one before Christmas anyway. Um, yeah. And... I remember the, after the game, they were saying, Oh, you can't come down and meet the players, unfortunately, because of COVID at the time. But, um, still there was all these young people hoping they got, are lining up. And I was speaking, to, when I was speaking to Anya that time, she was saying that's something that regularly the women's team do. They go down and meet them. And like, if your kid, boy or girl is a fan, let's say of United and they love Ronaldo, there's very minimal chance they're going to ever meet Ronaldo. Yeah, you know, you yeah. get to see him and it's fantastic. If you go over there and that's brilliant. But if you start getting them involved in the local games. They might see you down the shop. They might see, you know, whoever, you know, on the pitch. And there's a chance they might get a photo. They might get an autograph. And it becomes this thing that like a little bit of excitement um, on a local level, which is it's like in the GAA, you know, if you're from Mayo and you see Aidan O'Shea or, if, you know, mm, you see yeah. Matt and for the dubs out and about, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So like that's yeah. getting them excited on a, I suppose, a community level with a local Oh, team. yeah,
1: definitely. Like and especially in Galway, I think it's very community based. Obviously, it's like in Dublin, there's a lot of teams and it's huge. Like there's a lot of teams in the Women's Nationally from Dublin, whereas in the likes of maybe Limerick, Sligo, Galway and Cork, we kind, they kind of have separate kind of communities. So it's nice. And Galway is very community based. Like obviously they're really into their GAA, into their Gaelic. So it's nice when you get kind of supporters from all the local clubs like your Salt Hill Devons, like your Claire Galway's. When you get all them little supporters, because it is, it's huge for us. Because we're only a small little club, it's it's still growing. Like we're still looking for growth, and we're looking for people to come on board all the time. So to have that kind of a community sense is it's really nice and it's lovely. And I think that's one of the things why I love Galway mm. is because it's such a, a nice community. We're small, but we it's just it works, and it's just so nice to have that kind of a sense of a community within the club and to get people on board. Like no matter where you're from, what age you are anything. Just to come down and watch us. Like, it it really is, it does help us hugely, definitely.
0: So, what are your personal goals then for the next, like, foreseeable future? Like, what are you hoping, you know, personally in your career and on the field? What are you kind of head and head focused for?
1: Yeah. So, at the moment, I'm still in college. So, I want to finish that out. I want to finish my college years because you see, you see a lot of girls going over and they don't have any college background. And with women's football, I think it's a risky one to take because there's not many later options in life but you know for me I want to finish out my kind of education see that through definitely want to play with God for the next year or two hopefully then by staying in Ireland um, I might get more recognition from the women's national team I was in one camp um, and I didn't really get a look in ever since ever since Vera came on board I haven't really been 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 around I've been in a few home-based trainings but not in major so hopefully yeah that's for me the aim is to kind of start knocking on the doors more so for the women's senior team after college then I haven't really thought that far ahead perhaps maybe look at going abroad I don't know I haven't really thought that far ahead but definitely for the next two years get my education done hopefully then be kind of in around the the senior team and just um just because for me it's all about enjoying it once you're enjoying it that's that's when it matters if I'm not enjoying it then there's no point for me to to kind of make another step slow and steady wins the race for me I want to. Just take it in my stride at the moment. Definitely, I want to hopefully break into the senior team in the next two years.
0: Yeah, well, obviously, that's, like, that's going to be a goal for anyone who's playing. They want to yeah. represent their country, they want to put on the green jersey and stuff like that. And
1: what are you studying at college? So, I'm doing arts. I'm in NUIG and I'm doing arts. So, I'm studying economics and sociology and politics. It's a bit of a mouthful. It sounds, it's sounds a lot worse than <laughs> what it is. Yeah. It sounds, sounds a lot worse than what it is. But no, I'll be going into my final year next year, so and I, I'm hoping to go down the economics route. So
0: I yeah. was just going to say, it's, you're doing your it's, economics it's, essay, and then you go to training. Yeah. Then you do your politics yeah. essay. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus,
1: There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to it. It's very diverse, like it is. It's very different because a lot of the girls they study, they study like sports rec or sports science, like or physiotherapy. Whereas now I'm going down the business route, which is it's diverse, but it's I enjoy it so. Why not?
0: I stand to you, though, as you say, you don't and like football in general is a is a shortened career as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who's going to be working it until they're 65. So like
1: yeah.
0: having a business um, side degree is amazing because, it, as you say, if you decide in two years, you stop loving football. At least you have something there. You're not like, exactly. Crap, I have to start all over again.
1: Mm, yeah. And that's like my main aim is to just finish out my my college. Hopefully I'll have something to fall back on then if the football never works out but hopefully it does but um definitely that's that's the aim anyways and uh in
0: terms of like young girls and stuff who are listening uh, maybe their parents are trying to get them into it or maybe they are in the sports and like would it be something you would I'm assuming it's something you encourage them to stick with like what are the benefits I suppose of being in something like the women's league yeah
1: definitely I'd encourage them to stick with it but there's so many benefits like there's you make so many great friends. Like my my closest friends now are the girls that I play with. Like I I still very good friends with my friends from school and from home. But I think when you're in an environment with people, you're doing the same thing every day. You you share the same passions. I think that's huge. Um you're you're surrounded by people that you're all kind of on the same level base. Definitely, you you socially it's really good from a social aspect. You get more social skills. You'll make more friends. Like, there's so many opportunities if clubs go away. Like I've traveled a lot with football. I've seen a lot of nice places. Like there's so many opportunities. So I definitely encourage young girls to stay in the sport. No matter the odds that are against you, like there's there's so many opportunities for you and to never kind of give up. And um, there's there's huge things and I, I do think women's football is definitely growing. And for the it's it's great for the young girls coming through because they don't understand the potential that the women's sport has now for the next Five to ten years, when they'll be at the age that I'm at, and they'll be at a different level completely.
0: Yeah, because between now and then, no one knows what what is going to happen with, like, let's say, the league, and also no one knows what's going to happen with the national international team. Because then we could win this massive trophy that suddenly sees a boost of cash that goes it back into the smaller clubs, and suddenly you're like, "Wait, I should have stuck with that sport cuz look, it could be yeah. my job now."
1: Yeah, definitely. Like there's you never know what's going to happen, but it's definitely on the rise. Like there's mm-hmm. it's there's only one way to go and that's up. That's the only way I can see it going now. So, it's it's great to see and it's 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 kind of it boosts your morale nearly when you when you see such improvements going in and such the amount of hard work behind closed doors that you don't see on the on the forefront that's going ahead and it's 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 paying off, so Credit to everyone in the FBI and everyone elsewhere, all the sponsors, um, over the years that have really helped out um, and stuck with the with the women's game because it, it's starting to finally pay off,
0: which is amazing and about about bloody time. Um, yeah, before funny. I let you go, Chloe, obviously you're here to chat about the new sustainable aspect, I suppose, of the sport and like how is that going to work? Like, what are they? What's the plans for this? Because obviously sustainability yeah. is the most on brand mom- word at the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah the most used word I've used all morning but um, no yeah so it's FAI and SSE have teamed up to kind of launch a new it's the biggest launch of this scale in Ireland it's to kind of uh, improve the environmental footprint of Irish football in Ireland it's kind of there's a thing called Green Code it's where clubs will be given access to kind of gain information on how to become more sustainable how to improve certain things like an example I gave earlier was the kind of lights you don't understand the amount of electricity that's used with floodlights or lights for just for lighting for football pitches and the amount of money that's wasted on these lights and the amount of energy that could be saved if you just switch. Um, so it's just about uh, raising awareness about sustainability, how we can make clubs greener, how we can just basically protect the environment where, where we're playing in um, and give back to the environment that we're playing in. And it's just about raising awareness. But it's it's definitely... It's great to have SSE on board because they promote such positive things for for the environment. So it's definitely it's definitely good to have it on board. And anything that saves
0: clubs money is always a good thing,
1: because as you said,
0: it's not rolling in it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it's definitely brilliant for the women's to kind of. Maybe listening to this because any anywhere we can save money, that's I think that's what people will be looking for.
0: Yeah, it's like okay, well we we don't want to have to cut down the washing of the jerseys, so this is one way we'll save some. <laughs> yeah,
1: sense yeah, exactly. Yeah, so a few tips will be given. I'd say.
0: Oh, brilliant. Well, listen, Chloe, it's been lovely to talk to you and for hearing all about it. I'm very excited to see what happens to you in the future. Hopefully I'll see you in that jersey when I'm next. Hopefully and on
1: a billboard. Yes, on a billboard. (laughs) I want to see you up there beside Katie and the girls. Thanks a million, Nicola. Thanks for your time. No worries. Bye.
0: Bye. That was my chat there with Chloe. Thank you so much for listening. It was great to chat to her. Um, she was doing a day of promo for SSE Electricity, who are now investing in the Women's League and of course about the sustainable aspect of it all which is the uh, buzzword of the year. Sustainability, we're all doing as much as we can and it's great to know that this isn't just us having to do it as small individuals that people are recognising it in bigger aspects of the world in the likes of football, etc. That, you know, you don't need to have the pitch lights on so bright or, you know, there are ways to do this without having to, you know, waste all this energy. So that's wonderful to hear. So obviously if you're interested in that, there I'm sure on their website they have more information about it and the FAI obviously have teamed up with them in that aspect. But also it was great to hear how much passion is behind the women's football and obviously we're very hopeful for Chloe that she will meet her dream and get to play in the green jersey. And we're hoping if you're, if you're listening, She's a great candidate. Midfield, come on. Come on. Anyway, that is it from me this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, do scroll back and see if there's another episode that you'd like. Add us to your podcast playlist. Rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, We haven't had an iTunes review. We've had some ratings. We haven't had a review since last year. So I'd love if you could go and leave a five-star review just saying something really nice or um, ratings Spotify we're now up to 21 at last check five star Um, I think we're on 19 or 20 on iTunes so every single time you leave a little five star review rate or review like you don't even have to write anything when you're just doing a rating that's really sound anyway I'm going to stop begging now because you know, every podcast does this and you're just like, ugh, yawn. (laughs) But it does mean a lot. Come follow me on Instagram. Come follow me on Twitter. I love to hear from you and I love to hear what's going on. Send me a message. Love to chat to you. Anyway, I'm going to go off and I'm away to Madrid today. So, Slán and I will chat to you next week. Bye-bye, 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 bye 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 bye